Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Pete is tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three and three. 22 to Raja. Saw the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What's going on? Welcome to Off the Bench with Cannell and Bell. Uh, it's summertime. We are in the thick of it. We're going to do some baseball. We're going to lead the show with some baseball. We're going to do some fantasy football okay. because fantasy's right around the sh- uh, corner. We got Dave Richard. He's our fantasy expert here at CBS Sports. He'll get you dialed in. We have a league I can, can get in. We're going to have to start we're one. Gonna do, we got to talk to Debo about right. that one. Yeah, maybe we'll get one with some right. of the bench warmers they can get in on. Okay. It. Uh, I'm going to fix college football. I have Today? a coach in my corner now. You and Josh Rosen? No. <laughs> no, just you. I'm talking about from the playoff. Program. All right, okay. I don't, know, I don't know how you pay the players. All I don't right. know how you can fix that problem. <laughs> but we're going to get to that. Speaking of heat, it is so hot right now here in South Florida that and it gets this point. I mean, of course it is. It's July. But I don't wear a watch when I'm outside because I'm a watch guy, but it, like it just starts to get sweaty. And so I'm like, I go no watch. So the like, watch, that's how I the, try to cool off. The watch is the way you keep cool. Yeah. Not the shirt. That's my got nothing that like nope. the undershirt, nope. the like, socks, like the sandals. Here, it's, it's the nice watch, the smallest piece of. Yep. Yeah. All right. It's I hear you. That, bro. It's that hot. It's that annoying. I got it. Yeah. So that's how that's. I don't wear a belt. It's too hot. So I just. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So I talked a little. We're going to talk some baseball. Yeah. Right. So this is, uh, Raja Bell on baseball. One of my favorite segments ever, but I think this one is one that you can. Talk about no matter if you watch a little bit of baseball or right. a lot of baseball. I think it translates all over. So the, the AL East is having this epic race uh, between the Boston Red Sox and New York Yankees, two of the best teams in the entire uh, Major League Baseball. And last night, the Yankees are playing the Tampa Bay uh, Devil Rays, a team they're supposed to be better than. Right. They, they should beat them, although they've struggled against them mightily this year. But every single game matters. Like I know it's kind of you say it in college football, but because of the nature of this race, really every game does matter. And they were in a game, tied up, 6-6, late in the game. And Sanchez is at the plate, hits a hard ground ball. There's a runner on first. He assumes, it hits at the shortstop, he assumes it's going to be an easy force out, second base, game over. Right. right? Well, the runner on first, Aaron Hicks, he's going all out. He beats the throw. And Sanchez, and we've seen this happen at every level of play, and you hear every coach go nuts about it. He's loafing it. All of a sudden, he tries to pick up his speed, and it's too late. And right. it basically cost them a game because they could have extended. You had a runner that could have scored if he if he had been safe uh, that was already out there. So, right. Aaron Judge yeah. was on third, right? Yeah. Could have tied it 7-7. Seven, if he's safe, if he's, if he's running out of the box, not even full speed, just going pretty good clip, he's safe. Instead, he's not. He's out. Right. Um, so what did Sanchez? Sanchez said, I should have run harder. I could have done a better job for sure. Yep. You know what, bro? Like, let's not talk about it. Let's be about it. Like, it's your job. Like, make a lot of money to play baseball. Here's the thing, though. I saw the play. Yeah. I don't know how much faster Gary Sanchez is. <laughs> like, when he kicked it in, it didn't look like he picked up much pace. So Which, I'm not sure if he would have beat the damn throw. No, he would have was digging for first. He would have beat it for sure. If he just comes out a good clip, because he's obviously he's not blazing, he's not Ricky Henderson out catcher. Face, he is now to his defense. He did have a groin issue that he's been back from recently. But if you're not healthy, you should be you shouldn't be out there then. We should be telling your coaches that this it, it happened. Oh, Aaron Boney says he's got to find his gate quickly, and he, his gate, and he should be able to do that by now. He should be able to get after it. He's here. 
He's here and back and should be fine getting after things. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, what's his manager supposed to say? I mean, that's what the coach has got to well, come A lot out. of New York fans are saying he should bench him. Like, ben- seriously, get the hell out of here. Loud, get over yourself, New York fans. a loud cry. For a message to be sent. Is, is, is there is there a backstory here that I need to know? Like, does he have a history oh. of this? Is this a is this a chronic thing with him? Is this? There was a little bit of a beef with him and Girardi. There was a little bit going back to the previous manager uh, about but loafing and not. Running. I don't know the ins and outs of it, but there this, was like this happens. It was old school. This happens in every sport. It happens at every level. All right, you let your guard down for one second. Like, yes, maybe he's not as tuned in. And I think if you if he. Like bore his soul, he'd tell you, like I, I effed that up, like I, right. you know what I mean, like I was, I thought the game was over, like I lost track of, you know, what the gravity of this situation was, and that we really needed the game, and yeah, I didn't, I didn't dig it out. I, if I had to do it all over again, I'd do it better. Like it happens. Well, you're gonna bench the man, you're gonna bench him and bring in a lesser player just because he made a mistake. See, here's the thing: if it is, chronic- how many times did Aaron Judge strike out last night? Right, right. You can't be perfect. You can't be perfect out there. But if it is a chronic problem, chronic's different, then you've got to do something. Now there was a play. When he was behind the plate, he was catching, and there was a pass ball, and it kind of ricochets, and it starts moving down the third baseline. And Sanchez is, like, kind of playing it cool, like jogging over. And there was a runner on second base. He goes as soon as he sees the pass ball. He notices Sanchez is loafing, so he takes advantage of it, scores a run. So it right. cost him a run there. Same exact thing. He was kind of, like, pimping it. He was like, oh, I'll just get this ball, jog. And then he realized it, and it was too late, tried to flip the throw, and it was too so late. That, that's so that's a- the second instance in this only in this game. Right. So that's one where if you're Boone, did you take care of it? Did you talk to him after that play and say, hey, we need more hustle? So that's that's where if you get the intricate details of it, like if that is an issue, if it's chronic, then maybe you do need now, to find a message. Yes, now New York there. fans, you you could be in the right if this is a there's a history of this taking place. If this is isolated or, you know, if you're out there playing a guy because you know you're your backup catcher, and I don't know they're, they're catching like depth. But if your backup catcher is that much less of a player that you have to roll a guy out there who's still dealing with the groin and he can't really play, then again, that's on you as an organization, not on not on Sanchez. I don't know the ins and outs of that. So he's been atrocious behind uh, at the. Uh, he's a good defensive catcher. Obviously, at the plate, he's been struggling. He's only hitting a buck eighty-eight. He's only fourteen home runs, forty-two RBI. So his numbers aren't exactly what people thought, and that's. One of the reasons this lineup is so deep because he can have an off year, right? And they're still okay with Stanton and Judge and others, Gregorius, all these other bats that they have in the lineup. Here's why it's important: because of these standings, they've just fell to six back of the Red Sox. Now, if they don't win their division, they're going to get stuck in this wild card playoff game, which is a game, one it's single one game, game. Yeah. and they could. I hate that. I do too. But there, and there has been some conversation about should baseball rework their playoffs, just like the NBA is talking right. about it too, where you take the best records and just stack them up because they could have a situation where in one game, and you face a pitcher who gets hot in one game, then you could be bounced from the playoffs in a year where you could potentially be good enough to win a World Series. Right. So that's why every single thing matters. And I'm sure Aaron Boone is harping that to his guys. But it really is. They have to buy into it. So instead of being six games back, you'd be five and a half games back. Correct. Did Boston win last night? <laughs> Maybe five games back, depending right. on if but there was every, a win from Boston last night. Every win that you look at, you have to look at as a potential game-saving type. You know, it really is, especially when you Yeah, I hear you. But if it was like a half of – if they were separated by a half game, that ain't no – it's a six-game yeah, race right now. That ain't no race. But it they're, was like, they're in the like damn wild card. Ago, There's no race. A month ago, it was much closer. Okay, fair enough. They, they've, been, they've, been, they've been holding it right close behind them. They're starting to fall too far out. Until four games ago. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on to some football. All right. Our boy, Jimmy G, who we talked oh, about a little bit. Yeah, a little bit last week on his uh, – 
off the field adventure where he had his date with the adult film actress. Yeah. Uh, now he's out there and the Bleacher Report did a full length feature on him. They did their Power 50 and my man is not lacking in confidence. Like at all. <laughs> Swag on a thousand, Jimmy. I, G. Why not? Right, right, why not? Right now he's on top <laughs> of the world. He's played five games. He's yeah. won every single one of them. He's like, hey, why not? And his quote, where I got a, like, Quote about the Italian tan. He's like, yeah. hey, I'm good looking. But here's some of the things that he watched about. On the ports of being patient, because he had to wait behind Tom Brady. I was going to watch and literally absorb everything I could from him without being an annoyance. I didn't want to ask a ton of questions. I didn't want to ruffle any players. You have to play politics a little bit. And that, there is some truth in that. Like, you have to, you know, Tom Brady is the GOAT. Like, he's the greatest sure. of all time. So you're not going to be in there thinking you're going to start over him. Um, but I thought he approached it the right way. Obviously, New England fell in love with him because they felt more than comfortable with him as the future until they're like, all right, Brady's going to try to play another few years. So let's go ahead and trade him. They got some value for him. Um, I'm a little worried about Jimmy Garoppolo and it doesn't, I mean, it's some of it does. I did say it, it's an a, IQ test. It's a cumulative thing for you. This yes, is yes. Because first time around with the Patriots, when he was supposed to play during Tom Brady's four game suspension, he gets hurt. Right. Like, and that's, that's a concern. He only played five games. You've only seen this little bit, this little glimpse with uh, San Francisco and they were good. But when you get to that point in the season and you're kind of like there's nothing to lose, teams overlook you, they don't game plan the same for you, it's it's a different thing. Sure. Like everybody, everything's going great. Here's what I want to see Jimmy Garoppolo, who's on top of the world right now, and he should be. How does he do when all of a sudden he throws three picks and he costs his team a game or he gets sacked five or six times and he gets banged around? How does he respond to adversity? Because right now he hasn't faced one lick of adversity. The jury is still out on Jimmy G for me as well, uh, but it's got very little to do with like his choice of like uh, companionship out to dinner totally. and stuff like uh, that. Yeah. No, but no. I joke about that. No, I know, I know, but I mean, I, my jury is still out on him for for the very same reasons you know that, that yours would be. Is that like he just hasn't done enough yet? You know, there's not enough of a sample size to throw a bag of money like that at someone. If we were comparing to like let's say the NBA, they would be the equivalent of like a guy a guy. You know, starting to play like, I don't know, with 20 games left in the season or 15 games left in the season, his team is clearly out of the running. There's no playoffs. They rest all of the vets. And so now the ball is yours. And yeah, in that scenario, you can go out there and get 15 points and seven rebounds a game because you're going to shoot every shot. That doesn't mean that you're a max player, mm-hmm. right? Can you do that on a team that wins? Can you do that with other, like, I, I don't think that he's done enough to have earned the contract that he's got. And so with that, I, I will completely and totally agree with you. And I read the article in Bleacher Report, and some of that um, suggests to me that he can be a very, very good quarterback in the NFL. And you talk about you know, what it takes to prep and the type of personality that you have to have in terms of being ultra competitive, but being dedicated to like learning and being in the building and setting an example and all of that stuff, at least if this article is genuine, mm-hmm. uh, speaks to him being able to, uh, to, to be that type of quarterback, especially because he's learned from Tom Brady over the last few years. So they had this, uh, bucket game that they would play and Garoppolo talked about it. Um, just saying it's like, like this happens all the time. So this is on confidence in his mindset. I've always had that mindset speaking about confidence. I knew that Brady was better than me in my first day in the NFL. Naturally, you're the rookie and he's the vet, but you have to have that mindset that you want to be the starter. Continues. Even when I was a little kid, my brothers, whenever we would play, I would literally always think I was going to win. I wouldn't, but I always thought that. It's like when I go to New England, when I first got there, 
I thought in my head, I'm better than this dude. It was always a quiet confidence. I would never speak to that. You shouldn't be in the NFL if you don't think you can start. Right. right. Like, you don't, if you don't, and granted, if it's Brady or anybody else, you have to have the mindset. If he goes down, I can go in and do my thing. And you Correct. don't have to be as good as Brady. You don't have to be the best ever, but you have to feel like you can go there. I, like looking back on my career, I felt like when we've joked about this with the mental coaches and stuff, yeah. I feel like I could have used somebody that would help me somewhat. Right. And it was funny because when I played in the NFL, I looked around and I would be like, these dudes are some of the best athletes. Like I can't hang with these guys. Right. I had to mentally, I had to compensate for my lack of athleticism at that. And I had a good arm. Like it wasn't that, but I just never felt like I am the best player. When I was on the baseball field, yeah. I felt like I'm better. I can go up against anybody out here. I can hit any pitcher. Right. I can strike out anybody on the field. That's interesting. I had a confidence. I don't know if it's because I played from a young age. Right. And I was good from a young age because I was late to football. But I do feel like, and I try to instill this in my kids every time we're out in the field, is like this confidence. Like you can do this. You have to believe. And it's it can be really challenging. And I think the mental aspect does mean so much. In sports, whatever sport it is, the belief you have in yourself. And I honestly believe, like, I would have had a better career, more success, if I would have had a little bit more confidence. Not cockiness, but no, confidence, confidence in my abilities to go out there and just cut it loose. Sure. Um, it is a very tricky thing. And, and to your point about your daughter, like, I have these conversations with my kids about, you know, if you don't believe, no one will. Like, you have to be the first person to own, like, your success and, and your ability to do something. Only then, like, will other people buy into your ability to do it. So that, it starts with you. And, like, I lived that. And I try to get them at this age because I was like you, Danny. Like, I, I came up, um, and I was never the best, ever. No matter where I was. Like, there were, even in high school here in South Florida, like, I wound up being the most successful, you know, in my, in my classes, like, maybe a five, six year window. But I was, like, the eighth best recruit coming out of high school. The, the, the newspaper headline was who framed Raja rabbit. That's what it was. And it said in any other year of the recruit, this guy would be a top recruit. But in this year of Alan Edwards and Corey Lewis, he's the eighth best or something like that. And that was my life. So like I had this chip on my shoulder, but I always had the feeling like, am I good enough? You know? And so as I got to the NBA level, when I was unsure and I was uncertain and I was just happy to be somewhere, I never really experienced like high level success. Those were the teams I got cut from. Like I was unsure in San Antonio, they cut me. I was unsure in Atlanta, they cut me. Like I was just kind of happy to be in Philly and I never really reached potential. It was only after I said, you know what? F this. Like, and I got greedy. Like I'm better than you and I want this. This is mine. I'm taking it. Only when I took that mindset did things start happening for me. And so I talked to my kids about, you don't have to be a selfish player. But you gotta be greedy for that, like, that moment. It's yours. You gotta take it. You gotta own it. And it speaks to the confidence that you're talking about. And we talked about it the other day in terms of sport being, yeah, it's physical. But at some point, like, we start to even, you know, the playing field gets even. Everybody's 6'5", 220, and right. can jump 40 inches. Like, it's who is, like, an animal. Who's just got this laser-focused mindset and believes he's better than the next guy that separates the cream from from the rest of it. The other thing I think, and I think this is one of the reasons why Jimmy Garoppolo got the big contract, the $137 million. I absolutely played better when I felt the coaching staff believed in me. Yeah. Like anytime there was a competition, I was like, man, I'm better than this guy. And yet, I had to beat out somebody. Uh, in the back of my mind, I was like, well, if I throw this interception, am I going to get benched? But that speaks to me. And that, or if I was on the bubble on the roster, that speaks I played to, so uptight and I wasn't confident. Like I'm going to, like it was, it, it speaks to the way you and I, it, that speaks to someone who, who is just a little bit unsure. Right. I was like that too at times. Right. Like Mike D'Antoni had to tell me, listen, bro, I don't care how many you miss, like keep pulling it. Even when I was confident, you know what I mean? Like, so that, 
You know, it's the ones like like MJ never had that problem. Right. Like real talk. Like right. Kobe Kobe never had my problem. Right. You know what I mean? Like they're like, I don't give a I bro, you don't you can start him if you want, but you effed up. I'm the right. dude. You know what I mean? Yes. Like and, it's just And there is something about it when you get that financial security. Like Jimmy Garoppolo knows the first game, if he throw three picks, he's fine. Like right. he's not gonna get benched. He would have to have an epic failure to not be the starter. And there's something about that where it does instill a confidence level in you where you don't have to worry Ooh. about throwing a fit. Security. What, yeah, absolutely it is. All right. You know who's not lacking in confidence? LeBron. <laughs> you know who else? So we gotta get you have to see it because I'm gonna tie this in there. Here's the yeah. tie in. So when you have to see it, so the Akron Rubber Ducks, do you know who they are? Rubber Ducks. Yeah, they're a minor you league have baseball to see team. It. Okay. They, why not? They, they're, you know, why not retire his number? Put it out there. I'm still looking at this. You know, it's his hometown. He's just, I'm just a kid from Akron. So I'm why with not? that. I'm with that. Three jersey out. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm with that. LeBron, LeBron is huge in Akron, man. I went to like a chamber of commerce dinner when I was there in the front office to support LeBron and his efforts in Akron. They were, I mean, I mean, there were a thousand people in this place. Like he, he is well, Akron, Ohio. Boatload of money to yeah. the youth there, which is awesome. I just, I, I, and I, I'm assuming this one won't get vandalized like the murals that they're putting <laughs> up in LA and they whole another story, it, which is a mess. All right, how about you have to hear it? Okay. Where our boy Dwight Howard, dude, he is so unlikable. <laughs> I, I, I mean, seriously, listen to his uh, opening press conference with the Wizards. You have to hear it. Talking about how you know I started with the magic. I learned magic for eight years. Uh, Traveled to La La Land. Uh, Learned how to work with rockets. Why are you? Uh, (laughs) And I went and learned how to fly with some hawks. Uh. Got stung by the hornets. (laughs) Just a joke. (laughs) But (laughs) through all of that, you know, it's taught me how to be a wizard. You know, Uh, so. (laughs) Well done. Well done, Dwight. Like, like, who gets up there and turns? Uh, how about the look on his head coach? That was immediate they're regret like, for the contract. Immediate regret. Like, totally. Just, they're can we rip like, this up? Yes. Where is he going? Uh, my man Dwight is just in another world. You know, that's so hard to like. It's and he was one time he looked like he was the future of the NBA. He's the type of guy that that like skill set and physically like you'd want him on your team. And he's one of the people that you'd really have to like sit down and say, is the personality like worth it? Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's yes. rare in a seven foot, 270 pound, like freak of an athlete. You might say that about a six, two point guard, like, uh, you know, maybe, he get, but a seven foot dude that can do the things he does. Yeah. Like it's rare that you got a guy say, man, that attitude and that personality might not be worth it. His, his in some cases may not be worth it. Are you aware one of your former teammates is still playing in the, in the NBA? Um, are, but there are not many of them. Everybody else who it is because right. he just uh, added on another year. And college football playoff. I told you I'm going to fix it. That's coming up next on Off the Bench. Time now for your news in 90. Making a spot start for a Cardinals team playing its sixth game in five days. Daniel, Daniel Ponce de Leon became the fifth player to carry a no-hitter for seven innings of his MLB debut in the expansion era. He became just the second pitcher to finish with at least seven hitless innings in his debut. Elsewhere in baseball, Tim Tebow's season might be cut short. According to reports, Tebow broke a bone in his right hand, swinging the bat this weekend. He is scheduled for surgery on Tuesday and is reportedly likely out for the season. In the NFL, Josh Gordon announced he will not be with the Browns when they open training camp on Thursday, citing his health and treatment plan as part of his return from multiple substance-related suspensions. According to reports, Gordon is seeking additional counseling before camp opens to deal with his mental health and anxiety. 
And in New England, according to reports, the Patriots have been seeking a potential trade partner for wide receiver Malcolm Mitchell. He flashed talent with 32 catches in 2016, but a knee injury knocked him out for the entire 2017 season. That was your news in 90. Our girl Hannah has a fantastic smile. You know why? Because she has beautiful teeth. You know why? Because she knows how to brush them. But the truth is, most of us don't know how to brush our teeth properly. That's because we don't do it for long enough. We forget to change our brush on time. It's because most brands focus on selling flashy gimmicks rather than better brushing, but not Quip. What makes them different, you might ask? Well, they have a timer. So they're electric toothbrush. They have an automatic timer that's built in that tells you to brush for the dentist recommended two minutes with guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides. I need that. My kids need that. It's uh, It's got a, uh, a suction cup that puts right on the bottom. It's, you can hook it right on your mirror and it unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel so you can take wherever you take your teeth. And finally, you know Oprah's list yeah list of everything love that matters everyone loves quip it's on her list it was named one of time's best inventions and is the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the american dental association so how do you get it quip starts at just 25 dollars, and if you go to getquip.com slash bench right now you'll get your first refill pack free with a quip electric toothbrush that's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash bench Spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash bench. You get a quip, and you get a quip, yeah. and you get a quip. I love that. You get some read and, and react. I get some read and react. All right, here we go. Um, we got a little MLB trade talk as the Yankees eye Chris Archer. Um, they could be angling for the Rays right-hander, but Tampa may be reluctant uh, to deal a near ace under a reasonable contract for the next few years to a divisional rival. They're going, the Yankees are going to do something. Sonny Gray has been a disaster for them. They have to do something to shore up their bullpen. And this is all, like, he's the best option available. But as the Yankees made clear with the Manny Machado, they're not going to be desperate. They're not going to overpay for something. So maybe it's not, maybe it's not Chris Archer. Maybe it's somebody else. Maybe it's somebody we're not even thinking about. Right. But they will make a move to bolster up their bullpen. Well, if they get Chris Archer, does he have to cut his dreads? Like, what happens? Oh, <laughs> right. Because right. The Don't Yankees they? Yeah. So like old school. Did they make, no like Johnny Damon cut his cut his yes, hair when he yeah, signed there? Yankee way. They supposedly are. That would definitely how that'd be in the trade details. Like, you better clear that before you get your boy in there. Very interesting. <laughs> All right, Dirk Nowitzki. I guess That's we will your do it. Guy. My yeah. guy. Twenty-one season. Like he's uh will set to return for his twenty-first season, setting an NBA franchise um, NBA record. Uh, for having played that many years with one franchise. He's coming back on a one-year deal. He turns 40, or he turned 40 in June. Drafted in 1998. I hear you dirty. Look at that. 21 years. Keep going, man. Rod Smith, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. Yeah. I was with. He kept, he would always say it to all the rookies, cause guys would talk about how much money they were gonna make, and then they were gonna retire and get out. He was like, man, they're gonna have to kick me out of this league. Play is long. And if you're happy and you're doing it, there's nothing better. You'll never get to experience like that locker room camaraderie again ever. So if you're still, if you want to keep going, then keep going. My man, Dirk Nowitzki. So I was a third-year player. I went to camp. I went to Spain for like a month, and I came back on a non-guaranteed to the Mavericks. Um, and I hit it off right away with him and Michael Finley and Steve Nash. So one night we were out. Uh, I forget what the name of the place was in, in Dallas, but I got I was, I was hurt. Like that, I was trying to keep up and I was yeah. hurt. Um, and so I wound up back in my hotel room. I didn't know where my car was. I searched for it the whole next day. And from then on, like my nickname for him is Bomb Bell. Like that's my nickname <laughs> for Dirk. So anytime I see him, that's it's fantastic. Bomb Bell. 
Um, all right, last one. LeBron James Jr. makes his unofficial visit to Duke. Uh, the 13-year-old made a trip to Cameron Indoor Stadium over the weekend with his AAU teammates. Um, he was greeted by by his five-star freshman Zion Williamson. You know, obviously his dad played for Coach K in the Olympics and so on and so forth. Unofficial visit at 13 years old. This is so dumb. It's not an unofficial <laughs> visit. He just happened to be visiting a trip. Duke that yeah. was there. Now, what you should do every time you're with your boys going to different tournaments. Take an unofficial visit. Yeah, you should be like, my son, unofficial visit. <laughs> this is so, this is such a non story i you know how many unofficial live visits i yeah did to unc because my sister went to school there right <laughs> correct. i was there uh this is so dumb and i see it happening and i'm starting to get annoyed by it because i think what you're seeing and you blame whatever network you want to do but you're starting to see the tim tebow effect on Bronny, and i don't think it's fair to him because he's going to have these expectations placed on him that he's the next lebron james and you're already starting to see some of his highlights creep up on social media, on big accounts, like not sure. just like LeBron's and his kids. Bigger news. I was, wa- I was watching some of them this morning. And it's it's not fair to the kid. Well, I mean, look. Do you think so? Bronny's a good player. I don't know that it is or isn't necessarily, but I know that his dad has played a role in that when he comes out and says that he's going to play you know, alongside his son in the NBA. And look, he's he's a good player, but he's, he's 13, um, and I don't know that he's going to be – the physical package that like, that his yeah. dad is, and that plays a big role in whether you can eventually one day play in the NBA or not. But he's a really good player. I'll say that at, at 13 years old. Um, so tell me if this moves the needle from you as we move to the next segment, move the needle. Yeah. Scott Frost, and I, I have a feeling about this one, all right? So I'm going to set you up. Scott Frost has a desire for eight-team uh, college football playoff. Systems implemented in 2014-15. This will be the fifth year. Frost proposal would start in December with Power 5 conference champs and three at-large team. He announced this at the Big Ten uh, Media Days. This is the sound. It's hard to look at last year's college football season and, and not feel like an, an 18 playoff is where we should go, and that will always be my opinion. I think it should be the five conference champions and three at-large teams. Uh, that would give a surprise conference championship champion uh, that plays well at the end of the season a shot. It would it might give a team like we had at UCF last year a shot. Um, I think you could start that playoff earlier in December, uh, not have to make the semifinal like a bowl experience. Um, that would allow the season to end about the same time that it does with the national championship game. I don't think it takes away from the regular season and the importance of those games. And uh, as great as the evolution of that playoff has been, I'm always going to be an ad- advocate for eight teams. Amen. Like, why Why isn't everybody on board with this? I've been saying this ever since the playoff was was created. Why are we doing only four teams? Eight is the perfect number. In what world does it make sense where you have five power conference champs right and every single year you're going to screw over one of them and sometimes you're going to screw over two of them and you're always going to screw over a team from the group of five like what happened last year with ucf it makes so much common sense it would be so much better for college football and i can't understand for the life of me why people argue against an 18 playoff it makes zero sense why you would want to see what happened last year play out over and over and over because that's what's going to happen i wish i could like elaborate on that but you're on like you're like, on board i am 100 percent on board it, because you know what because you're a smart dude it just that's makes why. it makes too much you don't even have to be a smart dude to that's understand just, yeah, that's, that's a better system and i i tweeted this out i'm like what are your arguments against it all right so i heard well it's too many football games 
somehow James Madison survived and they were in the FCS champion. Right. They do a true playoff with 16, you know, team playoff. Right. Um, I hear all the time, well, it's going to dilute the regular season. It's not going to dilute the regular season at all. They said the same exact thing about the BCS going to this playoff. Oh, it's going to dilute the regular season. It's going to enhance it because we'll have more teams later in the season that have a chance to make it as one of these eight teams. I'm done with people. If you don't buy into the eight game, like, don't be my friend. Don't follow me. Unfollow. All of it. <laughs> I'm done with you. If you don't understand why eight teams is best for college football, I'm done with you. All right. Well, I was going to keep moving the needle, but you're like, you, I think you Off sealed the, the deal on that. So we're going to go right to eat to Debo with picks right. and props. 19, 12, and 1 is my record. Raja finally dips below. Do you remember hey, what that loss was? Hey, that was Hideki Matsui, Matsuyama and, uh, <laughs> Man, and Tiger. I that one up, baby. Uh, it was, and today you get to pick baseball for a chance to time. Right, I think you know where I might be headed. Officially. But it's pretty rare that we find even odds in, in baseball. But today that's what we have between the Dodgers and the Phillies. Both Say no more. I'm taking the Dodgers, bro. The, the, Dodgers. the Dodgers. The Dodgers. I mean, you know where I'm at. I got Philly. Danny, who you got? I'm going I'm to hop on with Debo. Philly, one of the surprise stories. Get out of here. Baseball this season. I'm going with them, but I will say this. I think you're just trying to pass me in the rankings. Oh, I totally too. am, and I'm going to, but I will say this. All <laughs> these all these standings are wiped clean. We are starting football season with a clean slate. Like, it's a fresh start. That's from fair. The- Raji, do you agree? I do not. What? Well, how do we, what, all of the work, off, all of the soccer. work that we put Roger, in. Oh, that's true. That's true. No, that's true. I missed a lot of soccer. Season. Yeah. <laughs> all right. The prop, this is for the end of next basketball season, but it's reported that Carmelo Anthony is set to join the Houston Rockets once he's officially bought out by the Atlanta Hawks. He scored 16.2 points per game last year with the Thunder. My over-under is that same exact number for this year with the opportunities that he will presumably have in Houston. Over. Ooh. Yeah, I, I, the tempo is a lot quicker in Houston, a lot more opportunities. Um, and there are a lot more three shot in Houston. They play like that. So he's going to be the beneficiary of a whole lot of kickouts when they're sucking in on James Harden and Chris Paul. So I'm going to go over. I'm just going to fade you and go under <laughs> for any reason. Although I will say this. Tell me if you think I'm, I'm right on this. I think under as well. They sign Carmelo. I think they get marginally better on offense yeah. and way worse on defense. Uh, yeah, but they're already worse on defense. I agree with you, but they're worse because they lost Ariza and, and uh, Mamute. So in the absence of like, like Gerald Green's all right defensively, but not great. I don't know where, else, like, I don't know what else is out there on the market. Yeah. And I don't, I agree with you. I don't think they get tremendously better offensively either. So coming up, <laughs> my bad, Debo. All right, coming up next, we got to go to break. Uh, I was, I was already swayed a little bit on gambling. Now I'm considering jumping into fantasy football. So next on the bench, off the bench with Canel and Bell, we're joined by CBS Sports fantasy expert Dave Richard, who might be the perfect person to convince me. Uh, to do that, so stay tuned. Oh. Welcome back to Off the Bench with Canel and Bell Raja. Do you play fantasy football? Have you, you ever played? You know that I do not. I know. I I haven't played in probably four or five years. You know why? There's like this immense pressure on me as a former NFL player. People make an assumption that I would be good at fantasy. Yeah, like and it's a totally different right. skill set. Like I was <laughs> awful, and these guys were trash talking me. So I'm like, forget it. I'm out. Right. Of it. And I was losing money. So you know what we need to do. We need to get somebody who knows Expert. what we're talking about, yeah. and we've got one. So Dave Richard's going to join us now. He's our CBS Sports senior fantasy writer. Follow him on Twitter, at Dave Richard on Twitter, and he's part of the Fantasy Football Today podcast. Make sure you go check that out. It's currently number 17 on the iTunes charts. They are killing it. Dave, thanks for hopping on with us early, man. Appreciate it. 
My pleasure, guys. But just one tip. You don't want to admit that you don't play fantasy football. Maybe, <laughs> 10, 15, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, it was it was like, you play fantasy football? What are you, some sort of dork living in your mom's basement? Well, yeah, but now everybody plays fantasy. So don't admit that you don't play. In fact, you guys should play. I will find a league for both of you. You don't even have to play for money. I'll just, I'll just beat you for free. <laughs> I'd appreciate that, Dave. But so like now the, the cat's out of the bag. I don't play, but tell me why this year is the first year that I should play fantasy football. Like give me a storyline that I, or, or someone that I should be playing. Give me a reason. Well, the, the number one reason is that I think it's going to be, uh, an incredible year in the NFL because of all the quarterbacks that are out there right now. We're getting a couple of quarterbacks healthy. Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson. These guys are great players. They put up a ton of stats. That's what you're looking for in fantasy football. But that's just four of about 20 quarterbacks that are going to have a really good season or should have a really good season this year. And when the NFL is loaded with great quarterbacks, and Danny will tell you it's a quarterback-driven league, uh, the games are better, the scores are higher, the stakes are higher, and, and it's more fun to follow football. And There's no better way to follow football than by playing fantasy football, getting the chance to trash talk your friends, beating up on people in your office if you're in an office league. It's tons of fun. This Football is going to be really good this year. The, the NFL is going to get back on. People are going to talk about the NFL because of what happens at, when, when the clock is ticking, not before, like with the anthem. That's what's going to happen this year. So I think most people that play fantasy football, they shut it down once the season ends. They have an off season, but not you guys. I see you all the time, Dave, here, right here at CBS Sports HQ. You guys still turn out the podcast. You guys are still grinding. What is your off season process? Like, what does it entail? Like, are there algorithms you're creating? Are you watching film? Are you breaking down stats? Like, what goes into the off season prep so you're ready once the drafts roll around? Well, first thing is first is just getting an overview on what happened the season before, and I usually do that right around the time the Super Bowl is playing. And then from there, I, I actually spend a lot of time watching the rookies coming into the league and getting a beat on them. And then I'll watch a lot of the key players from 2017. I'll watch their film and, and see what they look like. And once I've got a pretty good grasp on what expectations should be, and this will happen right after free agency is just winding down, getting closer to the draft, I'll start to lay out projections and rankings for where everybody should go. Then the draft happens, and everything's blown up again because teams do all sorts of crazy things in the draft. But then it settles down for a couple of months, and the rankings get fine-tuned. I do a lot of self-scouting. I do a lot of self-drafting where I'm literally doing drafts by myself, picking for each team in each slot. What would I do if I'm picking eighth and, and this player goes at seven? Stuff like that. A lot of if-and-win analysis. And then it's just a matter of talking to a couple people around the league who I trust and, and getting all the information, getting my ducks in a row. Uh, we, we put a magazine out on top of all of this and, and just getting ready for the season. So now I've got a pretty good beat on everybody who's going to get drafted. Uh, I've probably got a good beat on another 40 or 50 players who might not get drafted but just need to know about them just in case they pop during training camp. And just getting ready for a big fantasy season, it, it, it never stops for me. So we're less than seven Sundays away now. So during the season, what does just Sunday look like for you? Like once it starts and you can be as detailed as you want. What What is a Sunday for you like during season? Well, on Sunday morning, I get up, I check the news, uh, see if there's any anything that happened overnight. Usually there is. Um, and then I'll adjust my rankings accordingly. And then you're giving me a good chance to bring up 
Fantasy Football Today live on CBSSports.com. That happens every Sunday where we're giving last-minute fantasy advice. I'll hop on Twitter during that time and answer questions on Twitter. And then my reward, this is the way I think of it, is that my reward for a week's worth of digging in, staying up late, getting up in the morning, putting in the time and effort to make sure I'm doing my job the right way, is to kick back and watch all the games from 1 o'clock until, you know, whenever they're done. It's usually late into Sunday night, Monday morning. And I just I get to enjoy the games. I'll take notice of things like which offensive lines look good, which defenses look good. Those are the kind of secret things in fantasy football that a lot of people don't think about, but they're important too. You've got to know what that offensive line and certainly what defenses are like. And then on top of that, you're going to go back and, and watch a couple of players who had surprising games. You, we'll predict a big game for, you know, somebody who's not a normal must-start guy, a Randall Cobb or a Kelvin Benjamin. We'll say, this is the week they're going to go off, and then they get three catches for 40 yards. Well, I want to know what the hell happened because I thought they were going to have a big game. So I'll go back and watch those guys, see what they did, see what a defense did to try and take them away or what the offensive game plan was that kept them out of it. It's usually one of those two things. And, and and then I sleep for a few hours, and that's pretty much my Sundays during the season. <laughs> well, you mentioned Twitter there, and you hop on Twitter. I get abused if I pick against somebody's team, and that's like it's so dumb because like people think you're gonna be right all the time, and clearly you're not. As a fantasy guy, do you get do people come after you on Twitter and troll you off of guy you met a recommended receiver and he doesn't have any catches? Like, do they come after you? No, never, never, ever. <laughs> no, they would never. You know, the nice thing about Twitter is everybody is civil yeah. and friendly <laughs> and kind. Where do you Dolly live? Apple. I want to live wherever you live, then. <laughs> Fantasyland. <laughs> I live on a planet called Whack Job. Yeah. Uh, look, I. Everybody, most of the time, it's good-natured ribbing. Um, once a year, I'll name a player who's like a super deep sleeper who I think everybody should take with their last pick, and. You know, when he goes off and that player ends up being great, everybody's really, really happy. But when that player ends up sucking, people are not going to be happy. So people still remind me of one of those players. His name is Tajay Sharp on the on the Tennessee Titans. So I get razzed a little bit for that. But it's I, very rarely is someone, hey, you, you know, bleep, bleep. I, I started this guy because of you and I lost and bleep, bleep, you know. The mute button is your friend on Twitter. And when someone comes at you and, and they're really mean about it and they, they're not being good natured about it, that's when you can mute them. Or you can do what I do sometimes as well and just write back, hey, man, I'm really sorry. I put in the time. I really thought you'd have a good week. I didn't mean for him to mess with your lineup. And then the response 100% of the time is, oh, hey, man, it's cool. I was just messing around with you earlier. We'll still buzz. I'm still going to follow you. Ha, ha, ha. So these, these bullies on Twitter – once you show them, like, a little bit of, like, you know, hey, I'm sorry, it didn't work out for you. You know, you don't fight back with fire. You fight back almost with ice. They they melt. And they're like, oh, yeah, man, we're still friends, right? <laughs> All right, well, I'm sold. I'm sold. So I'm going to get – I'm going to start – my draft process right now, I'm getting my, uh, my analytics out. Yeah. But in terms of comeback quarterbacks this year, if I'm looking for one, who do you have the most confidence in? Um, Carson Wentz, uh, uh, Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck, uh, from a fantasy perspective. It's going to be Deshaun Watson. I think he's got the most upside. Now remember in fantasy football, it's not about wins or losses. It's about stats. It's about how many points you can put up, uh, how many touchdowns you get, how many yards you put up. And, and I think Deshaun Watson's got a chance to pick up right where he left off. I don't think much has changed in Houston. I don't think his game is going to change. They actually restructured the offense just for him this entire offseason 
And I, I think Deshaun Watson's going to end up having a pretty monster year. He's one of the few quarterbacks. One other thing I'm preaching, this is something you can take into your draft, Raja. You want to wait to take a quarterback this year because, as I mentioned, there's going to be so many good ones. Watson might be the only one that you won't want to wait for. You'll want to target him fourth round, fifth round, something like that, and, and, and get him on your team because he's got a chance to finish as the best quarterback in fantasy, number one. I'm not going to predict it that way. I'm just saying that he's got that potential because of Houston's speed at receiver, because of his own playmaking skills, because I don't really buy into the Texans' run game as being very effective, and because I think Houston will have to put up plenty of points this year, and Watson's going to score a lot of them. All right, let's finish it up with our superlatives. We'll do these rapid, uh, rapid fire style, all right? Let's go yeah. with, uh, most points by a rookie not named Saquon Barkley. I'm going to go with Ronald Jones of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, all right. Coolest draft you've ever heard of? Uh, coolest draft I've ever heard of is two quarterbacks, all flex, no kickers, no DSTs, and it's an auction. <laughs> fantastic. All right, one so, of the things so this, that's like a that's like an all day event, by the way. That's like taking <laughs> fantasy football and going to your wife, or your girlfriend, and saying, "I'm out of ten. I'll be back by ten. I've got to do a fantasy draft. I'll see you later." Like that. That is an all day endeavor. One of the it, things it I think is like a lot of fun. Oh yeah, one of the things I think has taken off have been like the punishment videos that go viral after for the losers. What's the the best, or I guess you could say worse? What's the the best one you've seen out of the punishments doled out? I've seen tattoos. I've seen guys having to stand on the corner dressed in a ballet outfit with a sandwich board saying, "I'm a loser of my fantasy league." But I'll tell you one of the harshest ones. There's a league out there where if you finish last, they kick you out. You can't get back in. You're done forever from being in the league. So imagine playing with your friends, and you just you have a bad year. You're running the bad luck, and you finish in last place. They say, "Sorry, man, you're out for life." <laughs> Way harsh. <laughs> That's super harsh. <laughs> the death penalty. <laughs> hey, Dave. Thanks again for uh, joining us, man. I appreciate it. You got it, guys. I love listening to the podcast. I'm happy to be on. Call me anytime. You got it, bud. All right, appreciate it. Let's uh, let's get to a refresh with Hannah. That's coming up next. The Yankees fell short to the race 7-6 on Monday night, and the focus was on the lack of hustle on two occasions by Gary Sanchez, who took the blame after the game. Jimmy Garoppolo isn't hiding his confidence. When asked about his relationship with Tom Brady, he told Bleed to report, quote, When I first got to New England, I thought in my head, I'm better than this dude. The Patriots picked Jimmy G in the second round of the 2014 NFL Draft. In the NBA, Dirk Nowitzki is officially signed for a record 21st season with the Mavericks. Dallas announced that they had re-signed the 13-time All-Star on Monday. And Scott Frost is pushing for an eight-team college football playoff. He said the four-team college football playoff was a start, but, quote, it's hard to look at last year's season and not feel like an eight-team playoff isn't where we should go. He said doing so might give a team like UCF from last year a shot. That was your refresh. All right, guys, it's now time for Socially Relevant, where I break down what's happening around the world on social media. And the first one, I don't know how I feel about this. We're going to start here. We saw LeBron James and his son do this first, but now we're talking about D-Wade and his son, Zaire. So these famous father and somewhat good basketball-playing teenage son video mashups are becoming all the rage. How do you guys feel about this one? What is what is that? I guess it's their sons <laughs> is, playing together. So this is D-Wade. I had the same and- reaction. 
Ah, this is weird. Uh, these guys, I, I think they're putting, I get it. Like, hey, I'm, I'm a proud dad. You're a proud dad. You want to put your, your kids out there. I get, I mean, I put my kids on. Maybe they're doing just the same thing I do. They just have access to video games they can put out there. Yeah. I, do you have to have a level of coding to be able to do that? Like, how do you get your kid in a video game? I'd love to gift my son, like, for his birthday. <laughs> hey, dude, check this out. You're in a That is healthy. Yeah. That, that's that's cool. cool. Yeah. I was going to rip him, but I guess I'll do the same thing. No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that reaction, by the way. That's exactly what I was looking for. You guys were like, what is this? <laughs> All right, so y'all know how I feel about gender reveals and engagements and everything else that's really cheesy on social media. But this next video has to be the exception. So Yankees pitcher Domingo Herman looks stoked right here to be having a boy, and I'm totally here for this. Danny, I feel like this is a live look-in of what it would look like <laughs> if you were having a boy. <laughs> <laughs> that absolutely would. I would go nuts just like this dude is. Do you think I show you, you're all, you're not in on the gender reveals at all, Hannah. Like you don't want, you don't like them. You don't think they're a good idea. Um, I guess the gender reveals are sometimes the exception. I just don't like it when it's bad. Like don't post it. Sometimes you see the, the like Gordon like, Hayward. Yeah. Gordon yeah. was Gordon. hurt. <laughs> Gordon was hurt. <laughs> he had his third girl and I could feel his pain. <laughs> I was right there with him where you have to kind of, he didn't even fake it. Though. Yeah. My wife didn't talk to me for like four months after she found out our third <laughs> child was another boy. She was more upset <laughs> yeah. than you were. Fantastic. I love That's it. That's what I'm talking about. Those are the things you should not post on social <laughs> yeah, media. Yes. But Danny, if you're having a boy anytime soon, I suggest you post that because I would definitely want to see it. All right. You got it. All right. Our last one in not so good news. Ryan Lochte has been suspended for 14 months by U.S. anti-doping for this Instagram photo of him receiving this IV. I don't even know where, where to begin with this one. Did he not know? Bro. He didn't, obviously, because he basically outed himself, and it's totally one of these deals where you go if you're hungover, right? Like, it's one of those, like, they're all over Vegas where you go see the IV doctor and you're hurting. Now, he says it's athletic athletic recovery, so, may, yeah, maybe he's doing it there with the smoke show sitting next to him. What? But you totally busted yourself here, and it's just another instance where Ryan Lochte's IQ should definitely be in question. Yeah, but so he's getting intravenous what? Like just I don't, I don't know some fluids, but I mean again, like you can't have, have any auctions inter- where you go after you get hungover and they put B twelve and all this junk. You in can't there. get that, huh? I guess not. I got to talk should, to my man Jeff Ostro. You well, should check in because they do have ser- therapeutic use exemptions that he that was mentioned in the the fine and the penalty from the doping agency. So you've got to let them know, and it's just. Our boy's a gator, though. I don't. I mean, that's. I know his agent very well. His son, his agent's son, plays on our high school basketball team. Oh yeah. I'm to talk to Jeff. I'm gonna get to the bottom of that yeah, for let's you. Find out. Yeah. What's that? Or how about you just like not post it? Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Like just, you can do idea. it, but just, I mean, I don't know. Or if you that. Can do it, but just don't yeah. post it. All right, guys. That was your socially relevant. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Canel and Val. Danny, what's up next? All right. So we have some really good and some really bad in the world of sports. Plus, Michael Beasley, he's upset because he wants. Stop judging. That sounds like a good idea, right? Uh, we're going to talk about that next on Off the Bench. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench. Let's finish it up strong like we do every single show with some topics where we go over some of the craziest stories in sports. What do you got, Debo? We all do dumb stuff in college. Iowa defensive tackle Bradley Reif did something really done with a reported BAC of .20. Reif hopped into a cop car thinking it was an Uber common mistake. I hate when Ubers have sirens. Rife has been suspended by the Hawkeyes for their season opener against Northern Illinois. Why? That's a good question. Why was he arrested? Why? Because Public he intoxication. Public intoxication? That's, That's a thing? You, you can't relax. be drunk in public? That's where the cops gotta relax. Like, you wonder what his attitude was when he got arrested. Like, yeah. 
Because that's one where the cops got to be like, he was, like, it wasn't driving drunk. Yeah, bro. He was trying to do the right thing. He must have like, big fella, listen, you're in the wrong car, dog. Hop out. Some cop cars do don't look like a cop car. Like, is this one of the ones where it's not sirens on top, but they're right. kind of subtle and they're inside? Yeah. But if it's like old school, black and white, light sirens on top, then I don't really have an excuse for them. Public intoxication. Like, I, I'd be like College. a... You got to be so oh, hard. Bro. Now, yeah, it hurts. Um, the Lakers locker room, it could be a top-rated reality show next season. So that's me judging. That's exactly what Michael Beasley doesn't want us to do. He said, if everybody does their job right and stops judging some players, me mainly, you'll figure out the guys like me and Nick Young and J.R. Smith and Lance Stevenson, and guys like that actually know how to play basketball, actually know how to win basketball games, and actually know how to get along with others. Does he have a point? Um, and yeah, he does have a point. I mean, I don't think he made it very well, but yeah, the point is, of course they know how to play basketball. Like those guys to be in the NBA, you're, you're in like the, I don't know, 0.01% of basketball players in the world. Like you are clearly very gifted and they can all score the ball and do certain, you know, certain things that, and I do think they can get along with others. The, the problem is sometimes like with Michael Beasley, like, can they have you on the floor? Can you remember your defensive assignments? Like, can you get the game plan and stick to it? I don't think it's ever been a question whether he can play or not. Like, clearly he can play. No, I mean, the re- the reason he's answering this question is because everybody's asking it. Like, if you were if you were just a fine NBA player, didn't have any history of any issues, whether it was on the court or off the court, then nobody would ask you about it. So I get it, but you're going to be judged until you prove otherwise. So, yeah, let's, I'll get, I'll, let's give him a green slate. Let's see how it goes. But you have a lot of personalities like his who have some – unique traits throughout their career yeah and i don't know why you would be offended if you're one of those guys in in la to your point like the track record for a lot of those guys like speaks for itself so there's like i don't think anyone's saying that it well some people are that it can't work but you're gonna have to prove that you can make it work yeah for sure all right that's a wrap for us uh the lakers will be fun to watch this season i do think devo is onto an idea uh that you should uh have a reality show because i would watch it for sure well you got the ball show out there yeah exactly all right we're gonna have josh hypo on later this week so we'll uh have him that should be good for our listeners uh lots of stuff to get to more nfl talk as we get closer to the season and as always make sure you go follow us on twitter and instagram at canel and bell